There we go. All right, so in the last few weeks, um, doing a little bit of a series on the they's and the power of the they's in the world. Uh, they being, you know, uh, tradition, uh, culture, society, people, um, just hidden things sometimes that are drawing our attention, are drawing our presence. Um, courtesy of uh, that sermon of uh, Eric Ludy's a few weeks ago, uh, kind of inspired these messages. And today I want to kind of carry off from where we left off on Wednesday. And uh, we're going to be in John chapter 9, starting in verse 24. And uh, today's message is called Spiritually Blind. And we see in the word that we're going to read today how so many folks were just spiritually and physically blind to God's greatness, to his mercies, to his uh, glories, uh, to what he is offering us in his salvation. And they just couldn't see it because they wanted to see things and how they've always seen them or how they wanted to see them. And that, that power of the, the world, as Jesus always talks about, especially throughout John, is just very prevalent in this passage. Um, one thing to note, this passage is about the healing of the blind man. And prior to this, Jesus had, uh, on the Sabbath day, had gone up to the blind man. He had uh, spit in the ground, had made clay, put the clay on his eyes, told him to go wash in the pool, and then he was able to see. And this raised into just an immense amount of ruckus in the spiritual and religious community because it was a Sabbath day. And although it doesn't specify uh, completely in the scriptures of the Old Testament that you can't heal on a Sabbath day, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes throughout time, throughout uh, seasons, throughout hundreds of years had added hundreds of laws to what you could and could not do on a Sabbath day. And one of those was you couldn't heal, which honestly doesn't make much sense. But we see in the world today that there's a lot of laws that honestly don't make a lot of sense. And this is the same thing that happens in humanity. Uh, you, you hear the phrase, history is always deemed to repeat itself. And it's true. If you study history from culture to culture to culture, you see how history just constantly over hundreds and thousands of years repeats itself. We even see it in the Old Testament to modern day societies or societies that have already come and gone that we see the same transitions, the same things that have happened. Because humanity will always go to sin. Humanity will always go towards that curse. Humanity will always listen to the they's in the world and other things because we're, we've got the curses, we've got the sin in us. And that was part of the fall. But when we listen to God and we trust in Jesus, our eyes are opened and we see things differently. We don't see as the world sees anymore. And that's part of the, the uh, Greek word, uh, ecclesia, being called out, out of the world. Um, Brother Steve mentioned last night how uh, he said that he wasn't sure where it says in the word, but we're not to live in the world, we're of the world. And it's not specifically in the Bible, but it's referred in John 14, and it's also referred in John 17, that we are separated from the world. That Jesus has called us out from the world. 
and we see things differently. And so this morning as we read his word, I want you just to, to hear and to listen to the things that are going on and how it's possible that, see how they were so spiritually blind then and see how it relates to today. So we're going to start in John chapter 9, verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. Now they're talking about Jesus. And they're saying, Give God the glory and admit that this man is a sinner. That don't sound right. It just don't sound right at all. But when you're blind, you don't see your sin. When you're, when you're so focused on what you have got your mind on, it is so hard to see anything else. And the Pharisees are so deep in their own ways, their own tradition, their culture, what they have built with their own two hands, that they are willing to go to the extreme to say, give God the glory and call Jesus a sinner and a liar. Basically saying, call God a liar. And he answered, this is the blind man, he answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I honestly don't know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Now, where we are in the scripture, the blind man had already explained to the Pharisees. He had already explained to these Folks, what had happened? They had even called in his parents, and the parents were so afraid to offend these leaders that they denied any responsibility and passed it all back onto the son because they did not want to be cast out of the synagogue. They did not want to become the outcasts of society and culture. They weren't ready to be called out. And so they called back the blind man. And he knows they're trying to entrap him. He knows they're trying to set him up and say, oh, tell us the story again. Perhaps he might say something different this time and we can hook him with that. Has that ever happened to you? That you've uh, been in a situation? Uh, I, I know it's happened to me <laughs> uh, many times. And uh, somebody in a, a, a leadership or a, a higher uh, position will come, oh, tell me again what happened. I just told you. <laughs> Why do you want me to tell you again? Because every time you tell it, they're hoping to get some kind of piece of snippet off you of information that they can use against you. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Pharisees are doing here. It's one of the oldest tricks that the devil knows. He loves to constantly badger us to the point where we start to make mistakes because we get nervous. And we're like, oh, wait, wait, what did I say? Did, did, I, did I call Jesus a prophet or did I call him uh, the Christ? I can't remember. And, and they want to use that against us. That's the world. The world is constantly trying to bring us back from being called out. Because the world, misery loves company. You ever hear that phrase? Yes. Misery loves <clears throat> company. But you know what? Fellowship in God loves company too. The fellow saints. And... When we have our eyes open and we are no longer blind, that power that the world has, the they's, loses its power. 
It only has power when we give it power. That's the craziest thing is about our society. We forget that Satan has no power. Jesus had victory over him. He took all the power he had, except for one thing, our choice. God still allows us to choose. He still allows us to make choices on our own. Choose to worship him, follow him, or choose to listen to the world. And in our choosing to listen to the world, we give Satan power. We give him power in our lives. We give him power in our friendships, our relationships, um, even within the church, in the body of Christ. We allow him to have power. When we can't forgive, or when we hold on to something, or uh, you know, anything. I mean, there's so many different ways that he, he works in the world and he just, he goes to everybody. And we see here that this man, he had his eyes open. And he's not going to be manipulated anymore. He's not going to fall for the entrapments of the world anymore. You can, you can call him names. You can cast him out of the synagogue. You can do anything you want to him. I don't care. I found Jesus. Hallelujah. I found the Lord. I don't care what you do to me. It doesn't matter. I was blind, now I see. That's all that matters. And so they said to him again, what did you do? I'm sorry, what did he do to you and how did he open your eyes? And he answered them, he said, I told you already. And you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Now, he's got a little humor going on here. He said, look, you're going to try and entrap me. That's fine, I'll get a little cute with you. What, you want to become one of his disciples? Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to hear? Are you ready to have your eyes open as like he opened mine? And that's what the blind man's saying here, or formerly blind man. But all that did was create anger. And all that did was make their hearts even harder. Because truth hurts sometimes. You know? Nobody likes to be told they're doing something wrong. I mean, every single one of us, if we get criticized, whether in a loving manner or in a, in a mean manner, it doesn't matter. I mean, nobody likes to be criticized. Nobody does. Nobody likes to be convicted. You know, when God convicts, it hurts sometimes because we get stuck in a certain way, in a certain fashion. And so they get angry and their hearts are hard because they say, what, you want to become one of his disciples? And so they reveled at him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Which is interesting because they see Moses as talking and communing with God. They see Moses as leading them out of Egypt, giving them freedom, giving them the promised land. And everything Jesus fulfills is an imitation or was set ahead of time in and through Moses. Jesus frees us from our sins. Jesus brings us home to the promised land in heaven. Everything that Moses did was a preempt to what Jesus is doing. And so it's kind of ironic here that they say, you know what, we're not a disciple of Jesus. We're a disciple of Moses. Like, how, how blind are you? They can't see. They're relying in something that, again, was 
something they could almost touch and understand. Because Moses was another man. Moses was just a man. But Jesus, we know, he was a man right there, but he's not a man. He's God and divine. And they couldn't understand that. All they could understand was, what well, Moses did this for us. And that's, that's what we're going to hold on to. We're only going to hold on to Moses. And a lot of times in our lives, you know, we hold on to certain things. I mean, I held on to many things in my life for many years, refusing to believe that I had been steered incorrectly, refusing to believe that I was doing anything wrong. I, I would have stood up in a courtroom and proclaimed my innocence to anybody, even to God. I was that deceived that I was willing to go and stand before God and declare that what I was doing in my life was right. But honestly, once convicted, once my eyes were open, I see my error in my ways. And I wasn't really doing what God asked me to do. I was doing and I was holding on to what I knew so dear. You know, what I had created with my own two hands. And I was holding on to that. I didn't want to let go. Because I had worked all my life. You know, I had learned all these lessons. I had been taught all these different things. I had read books. I had gone to school, whatever. And this is what I knew, and this is what I believed in, and I was holding dear to that. No matter what anybody would say or tell me. Even to the point, like I said, I would go before God and declare my innocence. But I really wasn't innocent. Because I really didn't understand who Jesus was. I didn't understand that he frees me from all that stuff. And that I was holding on to something that wasn't him. And therefore, I really wasn't holding on to God. And so they say, we know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we know not where he is from. They say, well, we got the scriptures. We got the Torah. We know God spoke to Moses. This dude, his dad's a carpenter. He's from Galilee. We don't know who he is. The problem is they didn't really want to know. They didn't really want to know. They were still spiritually blind. And this is great. Because this is such a great testament of to when Jesus opens our eyes. L listen to what the man says. The man answered and he said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. What a marvelous concept that you don't know where he's from. Because he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God hears him. And since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. Unheard of. He said, you know what? You want to go to your scriptures? You want to say that you know God talked to Moses? Go to your scriptures. Where does it say in your scriptures that somebody has ever opened the eyes of the blind? It has never happened before. Now you tell me that how something that has never happened before in the history of humankind, that this man is not from God. How is it possible? This is what a marvelous thing that you could have created. 
in your own mind that you are so blind and so deceived to see truth in front of you and still hold on to what you dear most, more than the truth itself. And see, the world will do the same thing to us. The world will say, well, how do you know you were saved? Well, how do you know you're going to heaven? How do you know you were healed? How do you know this miracle took place? How do you know it's not a scam? How do you know all this is real? How do you know that's just, uh, all the words in the Bible are from the Spirit of God? How do you know Jesus really existed? How do you know this? How do you know that? The world does the same thing today. Still. Still can't see truth in front of it. Because they want to hold on to what they know dear. And they want to hold on to it with everything they have. And yet this man, he just points it out so clearly. Never in the history of mankind has anything like this ever occurred. Ever. How can you still be so blind? And he says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Right. Amen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How does anything happen of that kind of miraculous uh, event if he's not from God? I mean, even if, you, even if you weren't ready to believe that he was the Son of God, how can you deny God working in that circumstance? You can't. You can't. And they answered and said to him, You, they say to the man, were completely born in sins, and you are teaching us, and they cast him out. And that's what happens today, so often. For anybody who still has a hard heart, is not willing to listen, immediately it's like, well, who are you to tell me? Go away. I don't want to hear it. And that's okay. I think sometimes we forget that that's okay. Because we're not trying to please the world. We're not trying to save the world. Jesus already did that for us. If God cannot open a hard heart, we certainly can't. And so if, you know, they cast us out, well, we've been called out. What are you going to cast me out from? I've already casted myself out voluntarily because I stepped out and I believe in Jesus. And I'm going to follow him, not the world. So I've already called myself out. What are you casting me out from? You can't cast me out from nothing. And this man knew that. <laughs> Empty threat doesn't mean anything. You're not hurting me. And here's the great part. Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and he went out and he seeked him out. He found the man. And Jesus does that for each and every one of us in our lives. When we stop listening to the world, when we stop living by the world, and we stop listening to the days and the influences in society and culture, and we allow ourselves to step out as his called ones, to cast basically ourselves out voluntarily, Jesus is always right there. He will seek us out individually because he calls us out to him and he will seek us out. And we have, we've all had these moments where he says, do you believe in me? You know, at that moment when Jesus says to you and he goes, do you believe in me? And we are, we've been called out. We, we, we've had our eyes open. We see you know what? The world isn't what we thought it was. 
and all these things that I've grown up knowing and I've put my stock in and I've put all my uh, efforts into. I see now I've been manipulated since day one. And that all this stuff that I've been putting all my effort into is just worthless. And that there's something greater. And it's greater in Jesus. And he comes to us and he says, do you believe in me? He says, verse 35, do you believe in the Son of God? And the man answers and he says, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Now you got to remember, when the blind man last was with Jesus, he heard him but he did not see him. Because remember, he was still blind. He went and he washed in the pool, and then he was able to see. But Jesus wasn't there then. Jesus was there when he put the clay on his eyes. And so Jesus says to him, you have now both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. We remember in uh, the Old Testament, God's name is I Am. In Revelations, Jesus reaffirms the fact that his name is I am. I think it's also in John or one of the other gospels. He does the same thing. He says, I am. You have seen me now. Your eyes have been opened and you see me now. And praise God when we see him. And the man says, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. What a wonderful and beautiful thing when we see Jesus, and we see him in the highs in our lives, and we see him in the lows in our lives, and we see him in every season that the world and life takes us through, that we are always able to see Jesus. What a beautiful thing that is. We don't have to see things of the world and be so lost and be so confused and not know why things have happened and, and just be just utterly desolate upon ourselves and go, I tried everything and I keep failing. I can't do nothing right. But Jesus says, you don't need to fail anymore. You can always succeed through me because I'm going to free you from everything of this world, everything, your own sin, uh, the binds and the chains that have been fed into you, the cords that have attached you to this world. I'm going to cut them all. I've severed them all. I've paid the price for your life with my blood. I've done everything for you. I freed you from this life and I'm going to even free you from death. And now you can just trust in me. And again, we may not understand everything, but we have something we didn't have before. And we sang about this morning. And that's peace, comfort, rest in our God, our almighty God. Because our eyes have been opened. And a little note. In the scriptures, the man calls Jesus first a prophet in verse 17. When they ask him the first time, who is this man? He says he's a prophet. But in verse 35, we see that he calls Jesus the Son of God. And we all have those steps that we walk through. We all kind of know who Jesus is, but we don't really. And God will progress us through something in our lives that will take us to the point where we say, you know what? Yeah, I believe. That's the Son of God. He really is the Son of God. And I'm going to surrender my life to Him. I'm going to love Him. 
because I see now. My eyes have been opened. I'm no longer blind. I see what he's done for me. I'm just going to surrender my whole entire life to him because he's given me a new life, a new life, a new mind, and a life for eternity as well. Praise God how glorious he is. Praise God.